Hi, this is Thomas Herb representing Compost Records and Lossless. You're listening to the Decisive Podcast with Roberto Ingram. Enjoy this episode and see you soon. Hello, everyone. It is Thursday, February the 29th. Welcome back to another Decisive Podcast series, your go-to destination for insightful conversations about music and creativity and triumphs of the human spirit. I am thrilled to have you join us today as we sit down with Thomas Hurd, a true luminary in Munich's music scene. From navigating life's twists and turns to finding harmony in every challenge, Thomas' journey is nothing short of inspiring. So grab your favorite pair of headphones and get ready to dive deep into the rhythm of life with us. Okay, fantastic. All right, let's get started here. Thomas, welcome to the Decisive Podcast series. Hey, Roberto, how are you? I'm okay. Nice to be invited. I'm glad you're here. I mean, we've known each other for quite some time. That's true, yeah. I, I think it's 20 plus years, something, 25 years almost. Are we old? Yeah, that's true, but we feel young. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> at least sometimes we still feel young. Yeah. I personally beg to differ. It's like those years are gone, but I still feel very fresh and good, you know? Yeah. Some people, when you say the word old, I would say old to me is like with walking around with a cane. <laughs> I mean, yeah, old is, is like always relative. If you're 20, like uh, a 40 year old is already old. And, you know, you have we have this Z in, in Germany, not only you, Do we have C? And if, if if somebody in the club is wishing a track, and they they uh, they come up and and say, "Können Sie bitte uh, schneller spielen?" Oder <laughs> oh, <that's> all. <laughs> it's like okay, I'm old. <laughs> But if everybody's dancing and screaming, I, I, you feel young again. That's, you know that's what I mean. Important. You know what I mean. I mean, we're going through this change, I guess. COVID has woken up a lot of other human instance, uh, instincts, huh? I mean, we were shut down and we learned more about ourselves and not rushing and hustling, bustling. And how did you how did you get through it all? Mm, I mean, yeah, pretty good. I mean, I, 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 I have a family that I love very much and uh, like a beautiful wife, a beautiful son. Uh, And so we we went through this together, um, like in, in private life. I mean, of course, it was hard, not not being allowed to see any friends, being very careful, visiting your own family, stuff like this. But uh, by the end of the day, it's like uh, you're if if you're very close 
beloved and important people are, are with you, it didn't feel very hard to, to get through this. I mean, I, I didn't feel very isolated, to be honest. Work-wise, with, for example, the compost office, I mean, we, we tested regularly and we also went like to the office not like every day, but uh, I mean, we, we were wearing masks, we were really careful, but we went to the office at least once a week or something. And there was also like, like the security things and stuff like that, taking care about each other. But it was possible to have an exchange and have at least a little social life, you know. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine that uh, people who doesn't have the luxury for any reason uh, having beloved people with you uh, or like having having an office where you can join or something that they 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 might have felt really affected and isolated at least but on the other hand i i mean i did a lot of like walks in the nature i live outside of munich so it, 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 it didn't feel right like really oh I'm isolated in a small room and I, I'm, I'm not allowed to, to go out anymore or something like this mm -hmm. so yeah it I mean but on the other hand of course uh, I mean uh, talking about uh, music club life electronic music uh, of course we all missed like going to the club uh, having this collective music experience and stuff like this. I mean, that that was really hard, like for more than two years, uh, not having this, you know, with, with maybe some some little small 3G blah, blah, blah uh, exceptions or like uh, in the summertime when they had like this kind of open air uh, happenings with 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 masks and and 3g and stuff like this i mean but it was not real clubbing experience you know could you could you say the downtime <laughs> was also in retrospect kind of refreshing you learn more about your family learn more about what's more important for you and no 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 definitely not i mean that's that's also like like some people claim like, oh, I, I found myself during the COVID and I learned uh, to, to listen to myself and stuff like this. But I'm, I, I, to be honest, I'm not really into this kind of stuff. I, I don't have a different view on things. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty settled. I'm like 51 years old and um, I'm grown up, you know, it's when it was over. Of course, we all were really happy, lucky again to, to go out again. but. But generally, um, I always claimed like freedom is important. Like it's it's a big value to to live in a country where you can have your own opinion. Like going out, doing whatever you want, except violating people or like being cruel or something. But with if you put it like in a positive way, uh, you you can express yourself. You can be whatever you want. You can have your own opinion. It's it's like it's it's a big, big gift, like to to have this freedom. And um, I think COVID didn't change my mindset generally. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect it to do that. But I I I myself learned a lot more about what was important to me 
and what I needed to let go. What what I thought was um, like, for instance, my change my way of eating. I'm going to the gym a lot, uh, three to four times a week. I've uh, uh, practiced a lot of better, uh, learned more about my skills in podcasting, and I did a lot of things that when you with your regular day, you have only a certain amount of time to do a certain amount of things, and <laughs> and you forget. I mean, I I cleaned up. I cleaned up my studio. I cleaned up my disc. You know, I did a lot of personal things that I couldn't, didn't, that you kind of procrastinate about. I've learned more about mental health, I think, too, as well. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, like, like, look, it's it's like individual for everybody. I mean, I was still working minimum eight hours a day. I was still running like my my own label, Lossless, with Matthias together. I was still working full time for compost. I had a family. I was moving house. So to be really honest, I, I didn't change yeah a lot maybe maybe i yeah i mean there was no no not much of course what what really what i felt was a pressure like was like the the whole thing in the media you know because you couldn't ex escape every every evening in the talk shows and stuff in the tv in the in the internet it was all around COVID and how how do we cope with and stuff like that. I that was a pre, like a pressure situation at times. I didn't pay attention so much to the news because we were for me being where I was was normal for me in many cases because I spent a lot of time in my this is like my office and studio, so being locked down to me was <laughs> not really a lockdown to me. Um, and I so to make the best of those moments was what I was concerned about, not what the media was talking about, because, I mean, we're there. I was more concerned about what's going to happen when we're out of this recession, you know, and we're when we're out of this situation. Um, I'm happy for you that you were able to still function and work and do what you love the most. You know, Thomas, yeah. you, you going from there, I mean, your journey in Munich's electronic music scene spans back, I mean, two decades or so, right? Yeah, even a bit more, I think. More than yeah, that? Like two and a half or something. It's it's a crazy long time. But yeah, I mean, like maybe to close this COVID thing, I mean, it was a really hard situation and everybody experienced it differently. I, I think it definitely changed because after COVID, now we have more fresh people playing in the clubs. I think the music changed a bit. We have like all this kind of people. We have new stars coming up via like live stream situations. Like a lot of young blood, a lot of freshness is like in the scene now. The good things we, we carry out of, of like the, the, the difficult situation that, that it definitely was like for all of us. And you, you said like um, everything was calming down a bit, like you, you had more time. But now post COVID, I have the impression that like times are even faster. And, uh, people are much more explosive than they was before like it's it's like everybody is very not aggressive but the people have a really short span of time until they get angry or something like in general in life but uh, putting it on the music business side or like on the on the club side of things 
nightlife side of things, I, I think a lot of things changed, but everything is possible again. And yeah, everybody has to deal with in, in a way. And, and there's also like a lot of fresh people entering the scene. And, and, and it's also, all, I think it's always good, like if things are changing, are in the process of, process of change, because then, yeah, something new, something, um, something interesting could happen again so I mean, I mean i'm 63 so i've been through cycles and i've seen freshness come and freshness go and older i mean i've seen and been a part of such transitions so this is not a cycle that i'm unfamiliar with and yeah it, and it and it so it is nice that we have new uh i mean it keeps our keeps what we love alive right the electronic music scene so i mean uh, is it music electronic? I'm more about the music in general, not necessarily electronic. So, mm -hmm. meaning that it's a great thing to see that it's still evolving and music is a, is a way of life for a lot of us, even if you don't want to admit it. I do think that the the uh, we've created a bunch of monsters full of DJs. Everybody's a DJ now, even grandparents. <laughs> so, so I think it's at, at least some of them in the social media. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm thinking that's. I'm thinking we've created a, a beast now, and uh, I think that's a little bit oversaturated. But let's let's get back to your journey uh, in Munich electronic music scene. Now it's been at least two decades or more. Can you? take us back to the beginning and share some of your first things that you fell in love with um, with as a DJ and producing how and when did this all begin for you when, when did it begin for me I mean it, it even began for me because I'm a I'm a, a kid of the of the countryside you know I, I grew up like in a small village like 100 30 kilometers outside of Munich. Hee-haw! Close to the Alps. Mm, nice. In a very small village. Um, but I always was like interested in, 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 in music and uh, recording like top 10 and recording like, yeah, things from the radio like we did it in the 80s, you know? There, there was like uh, not, not the budget to buy records every week, but there, there was like uh, the radio and, and you were able to record songs that you like and we were exchanging records at school and stuff like this, recording it on tape. Everybody had a Walkman at that time, like this cassette players, which are which got a new hype in the meantime. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, then I mean a bit later on or like when i was like in my early 20s i i really started like collecting records coming from a more like yeah indie rock guitar background to be honest um because that was there was like in in the in the in the countryside i lived there was like uh two really good clubs they played um more like indie rock guitar pop uh like yeah, let's say some new wave, but also like, yeah, like alternative music. Um, and at that time, I, I really co started collecting records and it was already like then the like in the early 90s, I would say. Mm -hmm. And yeah, techno came up, house came up, 
but um, I, at this time I was more like into yeah like more guitar based music but then like at at, at some point there, there, there came this like this hybrid kind of stuff like the the trip hop stuff Kruder and Dorfmeister um, oh. and also like trip hop drum and bass uh, then big beat like stuff from the wall of sound label that was like then um, on the commercial side of things you had bands like the prodigy chemical brothers stuff like that and this brought me more closer to to electronic music yeah i remember i remember when i came to munich and this sound all those names those great names that you mentioned was just saturated in the scene I remember FM Fia. Um, yeah, like the radio station from Vienna, which we, which we were able to listen in, in Bavaria, right? Right, right. Yeah. So all those names are so, wow, incredible. And uh, what was the club on Blumenstrasse that was featuring this almost this kind of sound? Um, you probably mean like Funky Kitchen mm -hmm. and then later Funky on Kitchen. like, like uh, Registratur, that was the clubs at Blumenstrasse, but it, it was uh, a bit later. Back then it was also <laughs> Neo Soul and um, a lot of rare groove stuff. and Yeah, but but that was probably like the, the Into Something Club night Into Michael something. was running in, 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 uh, in the Muffat, mm -hmm. Muffat Café and Muffat Halle. Mm -hmm. Uh, for like 10 years, mm -hmm. together with Florian Keller and Theo Tennyson, uh, Michael was running this really popular night and they had a lot of guests like from the UK, f from Vienna, from from all over the place and they played like, or they, they were standing for this kind of left field uh, electronic music kind of stuff. They, they had Giles Peterson, they had like Crust, they had chemistry and storm they had kruder and dorfmeister they had like they they were inviting these people and um the, the, this night was i think really really popular at the time and and uh, and also like an inspiration for for a lot of the young djs at the time in munich in the 90s what do you think happened to the vienna scene i mean for the vienna scene yeah meaning uh, there was a lot of music coming from austria i mean vienna a lot of artists, a lot of artists, right? That's true. I mean, they had a really big hype like uh, in the late 90s and, and in the early 2000s. There was like this type of Vienna sound, Fantastic. which definitely was propelled by by Kruder and Dorfmeister, Kruder, but yeah. also they had a lot of other other cool labels at the time, like mm -hmm. or, or artists. Yeah, I mean... As, as time goes by, I mean, Kruder and Dorfmeister are still there. They're really legends. They're really big. They they definitely survived. And I'm not sure. I, I lost a bit connection to the to the Vienna scene. I, I was playing there a lot, like in the late 90s and early 2000s. Um, clubs like Ufia. Yep. They had like a, a, a gay night on, on a Thursday night. I played a lot because I had a really good friend who was resident DJ there, DJ M Mall. They also invited me to play at Maya Rai and, and uh, all those legendary places. Um, but then I, I lost connection a bit. But I mean, 
I, I'm sure they still have a good scene at the moment. But mm. yeah, tell, I mean, tell, tell, tell me about the early days of <laughs> Flacati at Ultrashawl and Harry Klein. Uh, those names ring a bell for electronic music enthusiasts. Um, what were some of the your most okay? me word this correctly what were some of your most memorable experiences as a resident dj at these iconic venues uh wow there was there was some of them of course i mean like uh, i mean in the beginning like i came to munich in 98 like to to let people know when 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 i was starting my munich thing and um it took like a year, half a year or a year then like um dominic danielli and virginia they were residents at the flucati and they they heard like in, in the office i was working they heard like dominic heard a mixtape of mine and he said hey i could i could introduce you to to toby neumann maybe you you could do like the warm-up when we play the next time and uh they 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 talked to Toby and I don't know if he heard the tape or not, but uh, by the end of the day, he was inviting me to play like a warm up for Dominic and Virginia at the time. And even that was like a, a, a big thing for me, you know, at the times. And, and that, that was like, wow, I'm invited to play at Flucati at Ultraschall 2. And uh, it was like, uh, wow. Um, of course, I played some events in Munich before. Like I think the very first one was at Park Cafe. Like they had this Philip Morris Marlboro kind of afternoon tea dance, or like Marlboro's. I, I don't know. It was a Sunday Sunday afternoon event mm -hmm. at Park Cafe. But there was like ten people. But it was my very first show in Munich, and I was very nervous and playing like five hours. <laughs> at Park Cafe and this was really like uh, like amazing for me at the time and and but then being invited to to like this real club and uh, it was like one of the best running house nights in Munich at the time Flocati, yep. it's, it's very, yeah the Flocati especially if, if it comes to like the, the kind of underground house I, I, I loved so much at the time and or still love so much um yeah and i mean then from then on they 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 kept on inviting me and and i i remember having a lot of great nights i i remember like one night i was doing like the warm-up it, it was always like more more or less the situation that 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 as a resident dj you, you did the warm-up for like a invited guest dj and sometimes, maybe once a year, you had like a resident night where only residents were sharing like the whole night. But I remember a night I was warming up for Boris Lugosch, who was a is a legendary German house DJ, especially uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s. And he, for some reason, he needed to leave after one hour again. Like he came in at two, I finished at two o'clock, he started at two. And he, for any reason, he left at 3.30 or something. That means I took over at 3.30 again to a completely packed club, uh, great vibe, and, and then had like the rest of the night for me. And this was a, 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 a 
like a great experience because usually you were waiting until five until half past five until the the, the guest dj decided to stop or not and then you had like the rest of the night until six or seven but then i had plenty of time to a really really good time yeah was great vibe there nice also like um i remember like i think it was the week before the closing um i played with karate uh, the week before before the ultraschall 2 closing yeah it was like uh the last i think the the the, the yeah the last night with karate at flocati um at ultraschall 2 and and it was like The last weeks of Ultraschall 2, it was always mega hyped and mega packed and everybody wanted to like experience like these last nights at the club. And like this this last night I played at Ultraschall 2 at the Flucati room, uh, it was like off the hook, you know, people were hanging from the ceiling and stuff like that. It was completely crazy and... <laughs> and also a really memorable night nice. but i mean all in all i i mean all the nights i i played there were, were really memorable crazy and 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 just a good vibe you know really open people were friendly open uh, like everything we wish like also for today and for for, for like future It was a great family community thing, and it was yeah. everyone knew everyone. I mean, everyone knew where to be and what to, you know. It was really, it was a kind of everybody was on this kind of on the same wave, yeah. Yeah, and and it was like also it was not like, it, it it wasn't all about the DJ. I mean, people knew there's there's good music playing there. We can rely on that club. We can rely on that night, and uh, let's dive in and and have a good time together. And uh, that's something we're missing today i would say because when it's all about names if it's all about social media clicks and attention uh sometimes like the the ideals we had for for like club nights or for collective music experience are a bit yeah obsolete nowadays but i think there are clubs and still situations which which this is still celebrated and where it's also like coming back somehow i mean i mean I, i believe i believe like you said but i think again we're at that cycle again which is refreshing so they yes. have to start over again it broke you broke the good things down you restart and rekindling new communication and new um you know um community of of, of music enthusiasts and all these these things take time to redevelop again so i i mean for me it's just a, another cycle that has to be completed again so uh i have no love loss for what can happen in the in the uh community in the club smaller club venue so um moving right along um your style is known for like blending like soulful house techno disco and uh a, quite of a mesmerizing musical journey i would say um, how do you approach crafting your sets to keep the dance floor alive and and kicking? Well, that's a difficult question. Um, do you, do you grab do you grab I, tracks and just put them in a playlist and say, okay, ah, this is this feels good for the night? Or do you, is, is there, a, depending on the venue, do you have a certain way of crafting your? I I, I think it's a it's it's a steady metamorphosis. I mean, okay. 
and of course you the the the, the older you get or the longer you're mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. it the deeper you get mm-hmm. and on on the other hand uh, of course the, the knowledge is growing as well but by the end of the day it's it's for me it, it always comes back to like my my soulful really soulful house roots with which 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 i was starting out when or like which which really grabbed me when i when i more got into house like in the late mid mid 90s i got more into house music started buying records and i this this kind of roots and this kind of seed uh, i uh, of of the records i bought back then and 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 the sound I was digging back then, this 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 seed, I would call it seed, is is, is still in me. And even if if like my style developed over the years, I mean it would be so boring if if I I would <laughs> stick with one style or one like set of music uh, for twenty years. It's it's always like a kind of metamorphosis and and some some kind of sound which is really big at the time is is getting like more with the time it's getting more uh, more like a blueprint of itself or like more generic let's let's say and then then there comes new subgenres and and new styles which 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 is grabbing your attention but like the roots in my music is always like. I would say uh, soulful American rooted kind of house sound, okay. uh, and and from there, from that root point, I I could go different directions. Also, if uh, depends on the, on the, on the night, depends if I play like a two-hour club set or or if it's a festival or if it's a small bar club hybrid. Um, and and but I try to keep it as as real and as as deep as possible always and yeah as, as interesting as possible. Which is authentic and true to who you are as an artist, or I think so. Yes, yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> because but trying to keep it real. Because <laughs> I know house legends. I know house legends that stuck to house for twenty years. So um, excuse me. I know house legends that stuck to house for twenty years and not jumped out of the genre because that's who they are yeah i mean uh, but but you, uh, it's always like if if you're like um, let's say if you're a star in the scene and everybody knows you then and you're booked because of your name that's different to my situation because i'm i'm not a big star or something i could develop i could try things but if you're if if you really like get a lot of money because you're DJ XY, <laughs> yeah, people expect you to to present what what uh, what you're known for, you know. And for this kind of DJs, it's 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 more like more like a challenge to develop and to change things and stuff like that. And and I think a lot of them, especially if they're legends, they they like stick. They they better stick with their sound and better stick with what they're famous for i don't know i have this theory of artists that you know are capable of doing house can do any other kind of music too because they're (laughs) i mean house has almost everything in it anyway but 
if you choose that, that's if, so true i mean house house is like embedding so much style and and is informed by so much influence like right? diverse uh, kind of music exactly. types uh yeah exactly you, and my my theory is always the same if i have artists that i grew up with i do not question their ability to transform their music or bring other new music in there that doesn't that doesn't to me uh, disingenuine them as an artist i like the fact that they understood something that stands the test of time and they're to, to get known of doing something because i was listening to also a podcast <laughs> with scuba and they were discussing mm -hmm. they were discussing this topic about how the structure of something is important and because it's so good at what it is people are kind of also experienced i mean taking ideas from that genre and incorporating it into something else to come up with something else so the fundamental base of what house is should stay the way it is and whatever you do outside of that it's just a it was a it's a basic platform for you know growth which is which for me is like you said subjective to who whatever artist um and we keep repeating music over and over again what's new what's fresh <laughs> what is you know i mean yeah i mean that's i think that's like that changes like in the year 2004 like inner visions was fresh because they took like the the basics of house and 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 transformed it into something fresh you know but without with with a big respect for the past but like without glorifying the past too much because us house was really uh, stuck into like there was distribution uh liquidaries uh they, they, there was bankruptcies stuff like that so the, the after 9 11 the the whole thing for house like for the american house scene changed a lot and like a lot of distributors went into bankruptcy and labels needed to cope with and that all affected also like the output of the artists and i, I think at that point like uh, a fresh breeze was 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 for example was needed desperately and it took like two three four years until like or let's let's uh, i mean i i, I want to avoid like name dropping but people like dj gregory from france he, he he really injected some some really good freshness without like uh destroying the the the, the legend of house or the the legend the, the the legacy you know there, there was always a big respect for the roots but also like people like iCube, Gilbert with the versatile name. Then in the early 2000s, like the innovations is was like uh, you, you could I uh, I don't need to, to to do more name dropping. And then like uh, later on now now at the moment it goes more like back to a more soulful like thing again. If I watch the the Teutonics. Or like a, a lot of labels come back to to a more like yeah 90s kind of house groove again they come back to the foundation the foundation reoccurs itself and i had to rethink about what that really mm -hmm. meant you must have a foundation 
and respect and go back to the history. And people are going back, even the young people. <laughs> the young people are going back to that, which because for them, it's still fresh. Yeah, and for them, it's still fresh and the best records awesome. have been made already. Awesome. It's, it's, it's like, that's the point. I mean, so so you have a lot of the young DJs digging music at Discogs, what I really understand, because there's such a lot of good music out there since 30 years. And for them, it's fresh. And together with some new recordings, they put it maybe in a new context, but they always they also go back to these old recordings. But, there, but there's also more to come, meaning that because of that foundation and to create something new and fresh it takes time to build this again and that's for me and that for me is understood clearly so i have no doubt that the young it's gonna freshness is coming you know but it takes time it takes time yeah, i mean they, they 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 take inspiration from from these old recordings and like like Hopefully they they put it into something new and fresh and inspiring for for they, for they the will. next generation. There is no doubt that they will because it's addictive. <laughs> it's effective. I think so. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> There's no doubt. Right. As simple as that. It's addictive. Your your collaboration seems to be a big part of your creative process, whether it's producing, remixing, or spinning back to back with sets with uh, Mateus Shobi, right? It's Shobi, right? Shobi, Shobi. Yeah, I mean, uh, he dropped like the Shobi some time ago. It's Matthias Schober, my partner with Lossless, and we also team up uh, for productions as SBTH from time to time. Yeah, and I mean, I, I really enjoy like collaborating with him and this also goes back some time because like we we when when i was running this compass black label club night i was he he was like releasing music on on the compass black label at the time and and we met and we 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 got to know each other so i also visited him in the studio and we were jamming around a bit then we started like the the black label sessions radio show which we hosted like for like five years This was like all between 2007, 2008 and 2013. We, we, we were running the, the, the radio show together, like a weekly one, which has been syndicated with, with some stations, Ibiza Global, then later on Ibiza, Sonica, um, some online radio stations all over the place uh, were, were sending it. and. Um, Yeah, I mean, we became friends. Uh, we were in the studio and then uh, we also like um, played together at the compost nights from time to time and also like uh, started playing some bookings outside of Munich. Um, then also like we, we had like the, the wish like to start our own thing, our own label, our own outlet. And so the, the idea of lossless came came to the table and uh, it, it grew and in 2014 like we we uh, we had the first release since then we're we're also there <laughs> yeah so i i really enjoy like working in in, in, in team situations and mm -hmm. of, of course i mean there's a lot of things you you still do on your own 
and you, you need to do on your own but uh, like in the studio or like also like I mean the same with with Michael at Compost Records I mean I'm, I'm working there since more than 20 years now it's like a it's like a good it's like a good team you know and and I really enjoy being in this team situation because it, it also means exchange it it also means there's a, a second or a third person who is questioning you or your work or your vision or your uh, your claims from time to time and it's also like it leads often to to very interesting results and to 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 a good like yeah, like a teamwork. <laughs> when you when you're working with some when you're working with somebody for twenty years, building that relationship for so long, I don't know if it's about a question of your your you know, what did you say? I don't know if it's a question about whether or not they believe you or not, but you're trying to produce the best product and your team members, what do they bring to the table that make you such a valuable team? You need really to like to to burn for this you, you are working on. As more people you have in the team that are really burning for, for it, uh, it, it, it's the better it is. And, and that's how, like, I mean, Compost is Michael's label and it's his achievement. I mean, it's 30 years of Compost now. It's, it's such a big achievement. And I really adore him for his energy and for his, like, forward-thinking attitude to, to keep on and on and on. Why does Michael keep you on the team what do you bring to the table that's so valuable to him that's a question you need to ask michael I, what i wanted to say i mean if if your team has a big passion for music and and for the you, you're not you're not in for the money you're not in for for like like the fame or something it's 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 about the the passion about music and and i think that's on the one hand why there is 30 years of compost existing like which is a good a, a big achievement for an indie label and on the on the other hand it's maybe why michael is keeping me in the team because clearly because he knows that i have a big passion for the thing and for the music and yeah maybe maybe there's a possibility you 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 ask him <laughs> because I, I i can't answer him <laughs> you know? i think what i was trying to alleviate to was the power of a team effort mm -hmm. you've been with Confos for 30 years that's incredible love it love no, it no i'm i'm not i'm not i'm in compost is there for 30 years and i'm there for 20. okay still i don't care 20 years 20 years is still a long time and to have this cohesiveness between you guys i was trying to get at what makes it so good you guys team so good that is amazing. That is amazing to know. I've always loved compost. I've all when I first came here, I remember Atomic Cafe and a few other things were, mm -hmm. and uh, really influenced by that. And and so what I was really trying to get at, I didn't want to get personal. I was just kind of this team, this team elements that keeps you guys, you know, driven, is what I was trying to get at, you know. So and I think you answered it. And this is not only something for Michael, I'll get with him in another interview. This was something personal that you also bring to the team, which is very important, that you feel mm -hmm. that you learned over the years, you know? 
Yeah, I think it's it's like, of course, it's it's like sometimes it's hard work, it's it's discipline, but it's always driven by a big passion for music and and for for keeping it up. You know, we're very lucky and happy to have like always had like good colleagues and co-workers and stuff. And of course, like, what what would would we be without the artists who are contributing? to the label who are believing in the label for years and 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 i mean that's that's of course like the most important part of of it i mean without the music without the artists who who want to work with you you would be nothing because you wouldn't have anything to release you know uh thomas the mu the munich electronic music scene has evolved significantly over the years how have you adapted your sound and style to stay relevant while staying true to your musical roots we talked about that change i mean there was hard times at times like like when i mentioned like the early 2000s when 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 house went down a bit and then you had this minimal stuff which 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 was not easy to me to adapt even if if there's now minimal records that i really love i mean uh, labels like perlon or stuff like this you 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 discover that at times then and and you see you dive into it and then you or you listen to a dj ideally who is playing it the whole night and you say okay now i understand it and then you had this electro clash kind of stuff uh, which which was also like more like an enemy <laughs> for what what i'm coming from uh yeah but like then of course then you have people who, who bring a fresh breeze of air and and then you jump on that and i i think it's like a metamorphosis you you always come across fresh new music which is really talking to you and which is inspiring you you, you get more into this artist or into this label and and try to integrate it in your sets or in, in your listening behavior or whatever and all that again leads like to to something with which you are uh, like producing when you're in the studio or if you record a podcast mm -hmm. or, or if you play a set it, it like uh, it's like yeah like a, lo a lot of music which is talking to you and which you try to combine or to, to to put into something new again so as a dj with deep connection to your audience what are some key elements you look for when selecting tracks for your sets are there any key elements like let's say for it let's say for Pim pimpano i guess you're re resident there now how many residents do you, do you have now no only the one at pimpano i i play there twice a month and i really enjoy it because it's always beginning to the end or like in in like 90 percent of the cases you play alone like you start at 10 o'clock and you finish at seven in the morning if you play the weekend shift uh -huh. Uh, so it's nine hours. Nice. Need a big, like a big fundus of of music <laughs> for such ah. a night, mm -hmm. and and it's also like um, yeah. But I always try to organize my music with, with different like like fields. You know, I mm -hmm. yeah. that 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 already goes back to the to the one hundred percent vinyl times when when I went to to play out. I I had like 
10-15 records in the case which are really soulful songs structured then I had 15-20 tracks which are more dubby more functional but still soulful but more like where I play more the dub versions of it with with vocals but reduced then I have like more techy stuff then I have like maybe 15 techno records then I have 10 disco records and um, back in the day I, I always tried to like because I, I once read an interview with Tony Humphreys and, and he said <laughs> which was really inspiring to me he has two sections in his in his record case mm. the, the girl sections which, which is more songs and the boys sections which is more tracks and he always plays like regardless what's in the case by the end of the day he always plays two for the two for the girls one for the boys <laughs> and and uh, i i tried to adapt to this a little bit but different you know i i maybe played one full vocal record then then a dub then an instrumental then a disco record like but keep it interesting you know that i think that's all about keep an eye on the crowd look at the people how do they react is there a connection already then it's all about having a couple of super safe records where you know if i drop this now usually it should work like this you know or it should should go this way and if if it's the case this gives you like like some security and then you play the next track and then you so ideally I always try to come to a, a state in my mind where there's a, a connection with, with, the, with the people on the dance floor and I have a state in my mind where I'm already like two or three tracks ahead which right. is ideal right. which, because then you have like you play a certain track and you have like the, the idea for the next one and like the one afterwards mm -hmm. so you you're able to 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 keep it interesting and it's not always like uh, okay what 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 should i play next what should i play next i mean this is like that's also a unique way of uh doing it for a long evening right yes and but but to do that and to do that safely talking for me it's more like being well organized because then i know now like the over next tune should be more techy Mm -hmm. And then I go like to the to these 20, 30 tracks which are more tacky. Mm -hmm. I select the, the right one, right. you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and usually I find it then. But if I don't have an organization, if I have like thousand tracks in one folder, it's like a chaos and I'm there. So it, it's also like part of the job as a DJ is, is like doing having a good pre-preparation and sometimes if it's I mean, nine hours are so long, but if you only have like five new tunes which are really talking to you, or if you if you have a rediscovery, you, you say, oh God, this tune, I haven't played it for 10 years, but tonight I'm gonna play it. So you have this kind of like, yeah, I, I, for example, I have, a, I, have a, I have a folder on my stick which is called Recall where I put like from time to time, I put a couple of tracks where I go through my collection and 
do some research and then I always find like two or three tracks which which could work again, which I think, wow, this should be played again. Uh, known or unknown doesn't could be a classic, but doesn't have to be a classic, you know? Yeah, of course. And then then I have that in my bag and and it's good and I I enjoy to play it out and and like to yeah, I mean DJing is like a lot of head work, I say. <laughs> and sometimes you, you're three records ahead and and really happy about like your inner flow and and like the connection with the crowd and stuff and then there's one person showing up having a stupid question or like you're in a good state of mind and you, you think you're with the crowd and, and everybody's happy and then this person says, hey, can you play harder or can you play, I don't know, whatever. And, and then all is gone, you know, <laughs> you need to, to reset your mind and, and think about what was like the over next tune. Oh God, I lost it. And these are the situations which you all also need to cope with and find a way then. Yeah. So, so, techni so technical skill and intuition. I, I think, yeah, intuition and like playing good tunes is more important than the technical skill. But the, the organization, pre-preparation and yeah, like having like, like a, it's, it's like a toolbox, you know, by the end of the day, I mean, of course, like the, the, the tunes, the songs, there are not tools because they are much more. But by the end of the day, you need to know where is, is this a love song? Is this a, is this a dramatic song? Is this a... Is this a techno track? And and if you if you search like the dramatic song, you you need to have ten dramatic songs, which and and you find the one which is fitting like in this situation. And this this is more like a tool work, you know. You it's it's pre preparation. I think all of the all the above apply, and I think technical skills save your life, meaning that it's not how you mess up, it's how you how you get back on track and having those technical skills to be able to manipulate music in a certain way uh for instance one of my favorite that does it well is dj bone um and uh uh so all of those above is comes down to technical skill and intuition which again is different per artist right and how they've experienced uh, how they actually work um Moving on, um, looking back on your career so far, what's one memorable or achievement that stands out particularly particularly meaningful for you? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, there there's one particular. Or it could be it could be a milestone that you know you had a night where you we went to Paris and you played and just everything just went perfectly. Is there anything that stands out to you? I mean, talking about label wise, it's definitely like what, what we achieved with lossless yet. Like, like, because that's like Matthias and my baby, you know, uh, it's of course, Michael from compost is involved as a third shareholder in lossless, but, but I and R wise, he's more in the background and I'm, I'm really happy what we achieved with the label yet without like overhyping it or like without buying in big names and stuff like that it's it's more like we, it was a natural growing thing and and we have like a bit more than 30 releases now and 
this fact makes me really proud that we achieved that with with our hands and our energy and and that that there are still a lot of people out there or there there's a lot of people out there who who are following us and and supporting our music and, and uh, that's one thing and like gig wise i mean like in the last years i mean it was like last year we had a party with compost at heideglöhn in berlin which was really really nice vibe and like a uh, really really great venue as well they they usually they they really do a really good booking and so they have a, a very good crowd and we had good vibes there and from beginning to the end and and that that was like yeah great party and also like i really enjoy like coming back to the daily business i really enjoy like my nights at pimpernel at the moment because it's it's also like a gift for me especially these days having the chance to play in munich twice a month the whole night uh yeah it's like a gift you know because not everybody has this or, or is able to do that and i really enjoy it at the moment <laughs> because i think i still have a lot to say like music wise or as a dj it's it's still big fun for me and uh yeah it's also a gift. It's great yeah. that you had this opportunity to um, to express yourself, and I'm I'm excited for you. Um, finally, what's next on the horizon for Thomas Herb? Uh, any exciting projects or collaborations we can look for forward to? Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, um, on Lossless we have a new Atelier album uh, cooking, or no, it's not cooking. It's it's ready. I mean, we we're gonna release it in May. There will be two lead singles ahead. That's really, really interesting. Then uh, we have another project on Lossless from a guy from Switzerland, a young talent, he's called Godot. Uh, he, he's got a, a really good record. Uh, Matthias and me are currently working on a, on a remix for that recording. It's also supposed to come on Lossless later on this year, hopefully. That's very promising. And of course, like we have on, on Compost, we have a lot of Things cooking, a uh, uh, new record from Enzo Elia, new record from um, the, the, the Future Sound of Crowd compilation is dropping next week. Don't know if you received the promo. Then, um, I did. Then uh, currently there's this uh, Thomas Guido and, and, uh, and Jimmy Tenor. Oh, Jimmy, T I, I, I got the, I got the promo Beautiful, with a really beautiful aerobic remix. He changed which Jimmy Tenor. like, so good. Yeah, like, there's, there's plenty of things cooking, and yeah, <laughs> we, we, keep, uh, we keep it up, I, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a personal question. Um, for the Decisive Podcast, this episode mix, do you have anything in mind that people can uh get look for when in the sound for what are you looking for for this episode's dj mix yeah i mean i i i i selected a couple of tunes but i i still need to see how to bring it together and of course there will be some unreleased compost there will be some unreleased lossless um but there will be also like lots of tunes I, I currently love so it's it's I, I think it's more like a 
like a, a picture of of my current favorite three tunes i would say awesome. looking forward i'm looking forward to hearing i want to see where you are these days currently <laughs> and i want to thank you so much for um taking the time i know um i was pushing for an earlier date but that's fine to me i'm glad we got it through um for february because this is the second podcast of the month and that's mm -hmm. great and i'm looking forward to seeing your mix thank you so much that wraps up today's episode folks um we hope that you enjoy that what we delved into i mean the podcast that i try to get through is about life not only about music about the artists about life the struggles i love the struggles and and the successes i love how uh to make the podcast and the dj and the creator human you know um i think this is a really interesting uh interesting topics from each and every other person it's different you know and i think um for you to be 51 and still have the passion is it 51 or it's 51 yes <laughs> yeah i mean i really enjoyed the conversation i mean uh, it, it was extensive but um yeah I, I i really loved the questions and i'm happy happy to be part of your series yeah i really wanted to take this moment for us to catch up because we've known each other for a while yeah that's true and i'm gonna get make a point to get down to one of your long sets at the at pimp yeah, hopefully drop by <laughs> drop by uh, when, whenever you can i would be happy thank you so much thomas for your time thank you and with that we conclude another enlightening episode of the decisive podcast series we hope you found inspiration in the melodies and insights shared by thomas herb today remember every beat holds a story and every challenge is an opportunity to grow Keep tuning in, keep chasing your passions, and never forget the power of your own rhythm. Until next time, stay decisive, stay creative, and keep the music alive. Peace.